Welcome to D Space Pride, a gay social podcast. Today we are doing double duty. We'll be reviewing two episodes: Episode Nine, "A Strange New Worlds," all those who wander, and Episode Ten, the season finale, "A Quality of Mercy." Thanks for joining us. Hey Johnson, how are you? I am good. It's the Fourth of July. Yes, Happy Independence Day. Sure, yes, <laughs> we'll go with yes. Happy Independence Day. Yeah, personally, yes. I think America should uh, be sent to its room without dinner and <laughs> just collectively have to think about what it's collectively thinking about what it's done wrong. Um, but yes, happy Independence Day. Yes, yes. I mean, at least we did get a day off. So, and you have most of right. this week off, right? I have this week off. This is oh, a this entire uh, week. Fuck this you, man. Entire week. I, I, I know. <laughs> very lucky. Um, yeah, You're not no, really working that many days in July. I am not. I after after yeah no. I worked Monday and and uh, Friday and Sunday and um which is yesterday, and then last Friday and the first and yesterday the third and then yeah, and then I'm you're done, done until uh, till the eleventh. And so I are you are you in vacation mode already? No, I think this holiday screwed it up a little bit because you know it's just a weird day. Wait, what do you mean? No, it's just a weird day because, you know, everybody's off. Like, the city is quiet. Like, it's just, it's a different vibe in the city on a, on a holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot quieter. And, uh, which is totally fine. I don't mind that at all. I mean, that's fine. Please. Anytime that the city is quieter, I'll take it. But why but, should um, that affect you from being in vacation mode? I don't know. Maybe because I worked yesterday. So maybe I'm kind of confused as to like, oh, I worked yesterday. So today is Saturday. I don't know. <laughs> I don't okay. Know. In my mind. I don't know. Like it, it's different for some reason. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, so um, uh, you can't really complain. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not complaining. It's nice to have a week off um, that does not come out of my PTO. So I'm super pumped about that and it has been a long year so for work reasons so to have this as a nice benefit is uh, i'll take it yeah meanwhile i've maxed out my vacation days and i'm no longer accruing because i haven't taken <laughs> them so you need to take them i understand yeah i'm actually pretty bad about taking my vacation days so you no longer accruing i don't know i i'm gonna try to take double days Later that on. means you accrued like what 240 hours of PTO. So I get 25 days a year, but in terms of accruing and how much you can store at one time, it's like 20 days. I get 25 total. It's just that at any time I can only bank. It's like 20, it's like 190 hours, something like that. So okay. 
yes, I've, I'm no longer accruing, which is unfortunate, but yes, I'll take that a should be a on. warning to all that you should take your vacation days else they stop accruing. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's where we are. I will take, I'm planning to take a couple of days later on in July and hopefully I'll start to accrue again. So we'll see. Yes. Um, why don't you just not work Fridays for the month? Well, we get summer Fridays, actually. Oh, so okay. It's like half days. So it's kind of like might as well. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to take a couple of days toward the end of July just to see my mom or something like that. Whatever. Good. It'll be fine. Should. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we are going to be doing a marathon of recordings today, but obviously that's not going to really affect our listeners and their listening schedule. But today we will be recording two, three episodes, I believe. And then this week, so everything's also out of order because by the time that our listeners listen to this episode, they will have heard our interview with Will Wheaton. And if not, they should go back and listen to that right away. Correct. That because, was a lot of fun. Yes, because we'll be releasing this episode, the one that everyone's listening to right this second. I'm like, <laughs> po- my, I'm like uh, pointing for emphasis, but no one can yes, see that. You are uh, than you. Yes. This episode will be released the week of July 11th, which is very far in the future. That's like a week in the future or a week in the future for us. Yes, it is. It's a long, um, long time away, and yes, correct. And I will be. I will be in London and you will be by the time this episode releases, you and Dennis are flying out to Asia. So yes, yeah. we will yes. be in yeah, in Asia by then, I think. Yeah, yes. yes. It's kind of weird. Yes. Yes, yes. So, so so yes. And the only reason we can do this episode is thank you to Paramount for sending us screeners. So we were able to watch the season one finale of the Worlds in advance. And yeah, so we'll be, we'll be talking about two episodes today. We'll try to not keep it, uh, you know, extraneously long, but at the same time, there's a lot to talk about. So we'll see how far we get. Yes. Well, um, yeah, yeah, we should get right into it then. Yeah. Well, before we dive in, is there any Star Trek news to talk about? Not really, right? No, there isn't. So we have no Star Trek news. We have no idea what's coming up after this coming Thursday or after you, everyone watches the finale, we have no Star Trek for who knows how long. Right. So for the first time in, what is it now? Um, A year? Almost a year? It's been 11 months. Mm -hmm. 11 months. Didn't Didn't it kick off last summer with Lower Deck Season 2? And we just I'm not keeping going track, Mike. Going. I don't know. Anyway, so we have, yeah. So we have, we've run the well dry. We're going back to the olden times where there was not Star Trek every week. Yeah, but it's okay. Because honestly, there's a lot of other things to watch and talk about. So it's all Yes, fine. which we're going to do a whole nother episode on. So yes, I'm actually very excited for our off topic because we haven't done a deep dive into off topic recently. And there's a lot of great content out there other than Star Trek that we've well, we've watching. touched on it and we're, we've we're touched gonna... on it. We touched on it. Yes, because our enthusiasm has bubbled over. Yeah, it's like there's so much other good shit out there, you know, 
There, so, there is. And yeah. um, we're not going to spoil any of it, but we are going to highly recommend some choices and what you can watch during this time of uh, no Star Trek. You know, we can spoil a little bit, but obviously we'll give spoiler warnings for people. So, yeah, yeah. Not spoil extensively, but I do think, for example, I feel we need to talk a little bit about Obi-Wan Kenobi, which I finally finished. And oh, finally. Okay, yes, we should. The last and couple of episodes. One of my of choices season. for the for the off topic. Yes. Okay, well, okay, we're... okay. But that's not what number so we're fine. We're fine. We have two of us to talk about right now. So it's fine. So why don't we get into it unless you had anything else, Mike? No, no, let's just get into this. All right, great, 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 great. All right, so first off, we have All Those Who Wander, episode nine of Stranger Worlds, which we did talk a little bit about last week, but let's just start fresh this week. Emery, you don't have to do this. But Captain. My sacrifice saved the lives of those I care most about. For me, there is no other choice. <sighs> a logical conclusion. Live long and prosper, my friend. No, no, we can help you. You have to let us try. Uhura. I want to leave you with one last piece of advice. Open yourself. Make a home for yourself amongst others, and you will find joy more often than sadness. Emmer. Emmer, please, please. Do not weep for me. <laughs> I've had a good life. It's time for me to go. Yeah, we did comment on the death of a major character, uh, Hammer. Yes. Uh, which uh, gets sadder and sadder the more I think about this. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we have that. Uh, we have the return of the Gorn, which we knew was going to happen. Yes, yes. We got, we got we plenty sort of, of hints that that was going to happen. Yeah. The, yes. So, and in this case, we actually, it actually gives a lot of context to what a... Um, what is it? Uh, what kind of planet do they have? Like a seeding planet that the Gorn have? Breeding planet. Breeding planet. Breeding planet. So, yes. Um, yeah. I can't imagine what a breeding planet it can be like because, honestly, like, Gorn fighting with other Gorn for dominance. Like, how does that all work on a breeding planet? I like, don't know. I think that, I mean, okay. So, why don't we take a step back? And just talk about the episode as a whole, and then we can kind of get into some of the logistical elements of this episode. Sure, so, sure. Mike, what was your? And, and by the way, in case our listeners are wondering, we've basically abandoned the um, <laughs> the format where we're going to do a synopsis because Mike thought that it was too much. So it's fine. So we'll, we'll kind of just talk main themes and main takeaways and anything that we want to talk about, and then we'll kind of just meander around the episode. In any case, Mike. What were your overall thoughts on this episode? I enjoyed this episode a lot. I thought this was great. Um, I mean, it was just another strong episode. It, I thought it was really interesting to see um, 
again, we're kind of remo- so we've seen several themes throughout the season, right? We've seen the Gorn and and Laan's journey with that. Love Laan. Did you do you like her more now? I am getting to like her more. Yes. Okay. Great. 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 Yes. And I think I think She's your Kira comparison. You. Yes. I like think a fungus. Yes, as long as it's not growing in me like a gorn. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, no, I think your comparison to Kira helped. Uh, and Kira has been one of my favorite characters in Star Trek. Uh, and not to lot, spoil you know, it, not to spoil it, but in the finale, we get a glimpse of what Long is going to be like in seven years or something like that. And yes, obviously yes. that timeline is like, you no, know, whatever. But right. she's much warmer. She's hugging. She yeah. seems more lighthearted, you know. And I feel that they're setting us up for Lon to kind of take us on a journey where she comes to terms with her darkness and her trauma, and she is able to embrace being a joyful person. So I feel we're kind of on that path. But anyway, yeah, I mean, but it makes me wonder. Uh, not to jump ahead to one ten, but it makes me wonder, you know. Obviously, obviously, at the end of this episode, so now we have to jump to the end of the episode to kind of give some context. So at the end of the episode, Lon decides to leave Starfleet to help this girl who's temporarily, temporarily, temporarily. It's, it's not like yes. uh, she's not resigning she's, her commission. She said that if he needs me to leave. Can. Yeah, she's taking a leave of absence, Correct. essentially, Sabbatical. to help the to help the child they find on the abandoned ship, which I cannot remember the name of the ship, but. Anyway, it's like a mini Constitution class starship. Um, the Peregrine or something, right? Oh, the Peregrine. Yes, I think so. Yes. Uh, yes. So she's helping. She's helping and she has to go out into like um, uncharted non-Federation space to help find this girl's family and return her to her family. So uh, she essentially leaves at the end of 109, leaves the Enterprise uh and yeah that that was surprising that was really surprising and and kind of sad i I was kind of sad about that i mean after losing hammer and to lose lon i was like wow um we're just gonna come back like she's not off the show we know she's gonna come back in season two no 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 but this is what i'm i'm getting there i'm getting there so one one ten gives us a glimpse of what she's like at the future Mm -hmm. and she happens to be on the other starship that's in in the episode uh but that other starship and its commander are um have been rumored to be part of season two i feel we can talk about we're talking about both episodes in the same recording so true, we can true, talk yeah. about I mean, the Barrett yes. and kirk and, and, and kirk. kirk yes yes um so yeah we should really we should really back up and put a like a special warning at the well by the time that everyone has is listening to this episode it's gonna be a week after the finale yes okay fair enough um so yeah so we have kirk and lon on the farragut in the future and so you know at some point she transfers to the farragut you know whatever that means so and we had hints remember we also had hints when they announced uh, Paul Wesley coming on as playing James T. Kirk, they were there were set reports, quote unquote, that showed Lon, Lon and Kirk La-an. together. 
Laan. Yes, yes. Uh, and Kirk together. Right. So, right. Um, you know, I'm concerned. I have some concerns that, you know, Lan may return to uh, Starfleet, but she may not be back on the Enterprise. But the thing is, this future is also kind of ambiguous because in this future, Una has also been sentenced to a penal colony. So we know that number one, it's not going to be stuck in the penal colony for seven years, you know? So we know that that's going to change somehow. Okay. Like, Well, we don't know. We don't know what's up with, that's the other thing about the finale is we have no idea. Once again, we lose a command commanding officer. Right, but I'm saying, okay, Rick Brown Romaine is on the show. She's not stuck in the penal colony for the rest of the show. You yes, know what I'm yes, saying? yes, 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 so, yes. I assume we do assume that they will be getting her back at some point. Right. Yes. So in yes. that case, the future has already changed. I mean, Milan will be back on the Enterprise because of that, you know, because oh, yeah. if yeah. the future was static, then Una would be no longer on the show. Like she'll sure. be stuck. There. Right. Yes. OK, fair enough. Yeah. I oh. mean, it's hard to get this this once you throw a time crystal and all this stuff in the middle of it, like shit goes wacky so i mean sure 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 you know sure, sure it's sure. all very confusing but anyway so yeah i i mean some i'm I, you know so going back to one, this episode of, you liked it by the end of 109 all those who wander uh or wonder wonder wander 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 like they're wandering in the wilderness wandering in the wilderness all which those is, who wander yeah, which i think is really referring to horror and her journey blah, blah, blah. yes yes um Getting back to that, to lose both Temer and and uh, Laan, Laan and and also Uhura, technically, because she's scheduled to leave the ship. Um, you know, like what kind of crew are we going to have in season two? I mean, half the crew is dead or left. I was gone, unclear so. about that. So I was unclear because, yes, we're, we're told that Una, I mean, not Una, Uhura, her uh, rotation's over. But I feel by the yes, end episode, back. we almost kind of get a sense that if she wants a post on the Enterprise, it's hers. Like, so I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how that's gonna look. But uh, yeah, I mean, based upon what we the the first scene that we get in this episode, her, uh, she and the girl who dies, <laughs> the other intern, their their time on the enterprise has come to some sort of end and i don't know yes. if they go back to the academy that i don't really i don't recall um exactly what is next for them but yeah I don't know. right we don't know yeah so it just feels like by the end of one and nine i feel very unsettled right and one ten doesn't help us one one ten it doesn't really does not anything. help at all right no it does not um right, right. so yes i feel very unsettled about the crew of the enterprise under pike in by the end of the season one and i feel i feel for him i mean i feel for him so yeah so there's that um but uh, you know this is a proper monster story like it's sort of mm-hmm, it's got obviously mm-hmm. it's got got it's got the it's got the feel really of alien. Oh right? my god. Is... Yes. But almost like too much. It's almost a little yeah. like you yes. have like a new it's like a... girl character who looks little yep. she looks like new. Like she looks like she's dirty. She does. Her yes. hair is like frazzled. Yeah. She literally looks like new, which doesn't help. Yes. And nope. it's 
it's one thing to kind of have an homage and another thing it's almost like it's almost ripping it off because literally the way that the gorn come out it's very much like the chest busters it was a little too on the nose in terms of the reference to alien like it a little too close like when we're talking about the submarine episode whose name escapes me because it's like latin or something it's it's not it's not english um Memento Mori? Is that what it was? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, So that one was at least, oh, it's kind of like a submarine movie, you know? Like, it's a little bit like a Hunt for for Red October. Hunt for Red October, yes. This is literally, like, it's legit, like, ripping off Alien, you know? And I'm like, "Mm." like, including the, like, you know, the the acid saliva or, you know, whatever. And, like, obviously they have some of their own twists, but... I'm kind of like, all right, it's a little too on the nose. And a little bit of Predator with the thermal vision too. Like, I'm like, I get mm, it. Yes, get yes, it. yes, yes, yeah. Actually, it, I think it, it doesn't it mimic more aliens than alien. I forget. Because one is in space and one is more on a planet. I can't remember which is which. Though, uh, right? They both take place on a planet, but it's more aliens. It's a little bit more alien. The sequel. The yeah. Aliens, some, yeah. Alien 2, sequel, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very, anyway. very, very aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, you know, watching it, I didn't really pick, you know, I sort of got to what? a little bit at, not right away. I wasn't, because I was in Star Trek. I was, you know, I wasn't thinking about other franchises. I mean, I think it really. Immediately. Immediately. I was like, oh, oh my no, God. It didn't, it didn't, it... Oh, well, that is actually like 20 minutes into the episode. So you can get yourself into the story pretty far and not realize that you're sort of reliving alien or aliens. And until you meet this girl and her very strange companion, and then you see what happens in sickbay, right? So you don't like, so it's that piece of that part of the story. But before that you hear like little clang, you know, Spock hearing clanging in the, in the shafts. You know, you hear this, all this creepy stuff. You see blood, you see these, you know, frozen bodies. You see all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff that does not, is not necessarily reminiscent of aliens. It's not like you're thinking, you have no idea. We have no idea what we're going into. No, yeah, um, no, I agree. I, once we, once we reach the girl and Buckley starts to, you know, he yes. starts to like shake violently. I'm like, I, I really got, it hit me that it was yeah aliens. yeah I which mean, happens to be yeah. one of my I mean, favorite can... sci-fi movies so, oh okay yeah oh, okay. i've seen it quite a number of times so i was just like okay all right let's let's scale back on the on the speaking copy. of which can we see are those on any streaming platforms now that i think about it aliens uh maybe yeah. it might be i think it might be on hulu actually but uh, okay it's been a while well let me know i i, I now i have a feeling for watching this uh one, movie. one or both so good, so good. um it's either on hulu or anyway. max anyway um i okay, really did anyway. like the beginning of this episode with the the whole briefing in pike's quarters yeah, and, yeah with that the was breakfast great. and everything i want captain pike to cook for me i mean yeah absolutely and Apparently he's just a great cook and I'm just, and he loves cooking. And I just really like the feel of the scene. It was very just warm and it was like a family meeting. And yeah, it was like very much like a family meeting. Yeah. And I really like that. And we got 
we get a little bit of that, and we mentioned this before. We get a little bit of that with Cisco. He, he you know, he'll cook in his quarters and he'll invite the crew over. But here, it's like I feel we get a lot of that. Like we, we get a lot of that. Well, it's been a theme throughout this whole season, right? Right. Is is a lot of you know, captain's dinner and episode two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so we we get a lot. You know, and even from then on, you know, you have a lot of meetings in the captain's room, so in the captain's. Quarters, he has so. a space for it. He has a space to host. He does. He does. Um, and his fireplace is amazing. His fireplace. Um, he does. It's crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You, yeah. Um, fire on the Enterprise. That sort of goes against everything. Seems dangerous. But yeah. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, anyway, yeah. So yeah, I agree that 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 opening is very warm compared to what we we go to a nice planet where. Uh, you know, the Paraguayan is uh, crashed down um, almost a la like discovery at the beginning of season three. Right. When they crash on the ice planet and the, the mm-hmm. fu- alien fungus sort of gets to it. Um, so oh, yeah, the parasitic get, ice, whatever, the parasitic whatever, ice. whatever shit that is, whatever. Yes. yes um, the but, parasitic ice. but I love the tone that Pike just sets for his crew. Yes, I agree. Yes, it, it is a great so much. It does so much. And he lets them. So this is the other thing about Pike that I really like. And sort of I was like, hmm, he's not getting mad at these guys for getting mad at each other. Like Sam is going after Spock. So fucking which I annoying. Thought, Sam Kirk was so Which I thought was annoying. a little extra. Um, is it extra? It is extra. And Sam Kirk is just, I don't, I don't feel that they've done Sam Kirk a disservice actually on this season. He's just kind of, he's either being dumb like episode two on the comet and he just touches yes. things he doesn't, he shouldn't, or he is kind of just kind of nervous and scared. We have, we got that one scene in the mess hall where we're talking to Uhura and he's talking about Lon and he's like, oh, hey, conflict. Bye. Bye, bitches. And yeah, yeah, yes, in this yes. episode, he's just like freaking out. I'm like, uh, I don't understand. You know, he can be more professional. Yeah. Um, and Pike is pretty chill about it. You know, he's pretty calm about it and letting them kind of blow off steam and then pulls it back together. But doesn't really he doesn't reprimand a lot, uh, at least not in public, which is a good, good, um, mm-hmm. good policy to have right as a captain. Uh, but, it you know, it does seem a little extreme, um, you know, like trying to, you know, but conflict is healthy you know people are meant not meant to always get along but anyway um so there there's that piece you know that's you know interesting to kind of observe him as a like a well-rounded leadership leader Mm -hmm. you know a leader not leadership but as a well-rounded leader so it's very interesting um yeah this this whole you know, I, I get that they obviously got to reuse all the sets and, and just make them dark and scary. And um, but it's yeah, it's just uh, and, and it's properly creepy. It is mm-hmm. properly creepy. Um, you and after you lose, who is the first to go? Was it the first one to go was uh, the Ensign? In, yeah, in, I don't remember her name. Sorry. Ensign. Yes. She, she yeah. gets mauled, basically. Yes. Yeah, um, poor. Wait, she's not even. She does really. She's still a cadet. She's still a cadet. Oh, she's like she a fourth level. But yeah, dude, she dude dies. dies quickly. Yeah, just like goes for the jugular. I guess I don't know. I guess yeah. I mean, 
yeah it's pretty crazy uh you know so then things kind of take a turn for like oh shit you know and and chapel gets freaked out and like somehow the the ship doesn't have power but the emergency medical force field works in in the cmo's office so we'll just jump up on there on the desk and like be in the the protection there which i thought was oddly uncharacteristic of of her I mean, this yeah. is a pretty extraordinary situation. I would be screaming sure. and running around like a crazy person. What, but yes, but that's you, normal. You runner, you, but this is yes, a very unusual situation. She's not yeah. used to aliens popping out of patients and killing well, people. Well, she didn't see what happened. All she sees is the two bodies on the floor. I don't yeah, know if she yeah, immediately... Yeah. And then she hears things. So you, so yeah, she, she sees so them scurrying around. No, no, she actually does. She, she comes and she sees... The last two aliens pop out. Actually, I've just rewatched. Oh, okay. Okay. She does yeah, see them yeah, pop yeah. out. Got like, it. Got it. The initial ones pop out, and then Buckley dies, and then Cadet, whatever her name is, dies, and then Chapel comes and like, "What's going on?" And she sees the last two pop out because there are four. Four come out. Right. Right. Yep. And then she's yeah, I mean, like, that's... oh my god. Yeah, and and somehow I don't even know the girl's name, but she runs away. She she sees it happening, so she's clearly saw this before. Newt. Let's just call her Newt. I don't remember her name. Sure, we'll call her Newt. Um, we you know she's seen this happen before. She doesn't. She's not helpful. She's not. No, I'm she's like, not. Okay, so there was one scene. I just rewatched it today, so it's very fresh in my mind. Okay. So there was one scene where Mabenga is scanning Newt and Buckley, and. Laon comes and is like, why don't you say something like to the girl, right? And then this is right, when Omega right, yes. is like, stop bothering my daughter because he, you know, whatever. Right. He has a, yeah. He's protective. It's a little bit of flashback there. So I do not love the scene because first of all, I'm, these medical professionals, we know from the captain's log that, they, that the medical scanners did not detect the Gorn in the first place, the Gorn eggs in the first place. That was left behind. We know this information. So I'm like, okay, you're doing these scans. You're not detecting anything, but we already know that your scans might mean nothing. So why don't you take extra precautions and put them in a force field or put them in stasis? Because you need to do something more extensive because your normal scans aren't going to do shit. So it kind of bothered me that they weren't taking extra precautions around this whole issue. And then when Long comes and is like pestering Newt with all these questions, Mabenga steps in as being really protective. I'm like, okay, I know you're trying to be protective, but there's not like Long's questions are valid. Like, you know, they're like, there are questions that this girl knows, knows more than she's giving on not that you not that she should interrogate the girl but it's like okay but she knows more than she's offering so don't just you know stop her like lana's being overly aggressive and mabango's being overly protective and it at the end it first of all you know they should have done more extensive scans or taken extra precautions but then it's like all right like their feelings are working in the way from disaster happening so yeah, 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 I thought that that was a, uh, you know, their interaction. Yes, I, th- I, I figured, you know, 
yes now and we've talked about sam now everyone's really on heightened alert right and this is before they even know what's going on like before they figure out it's gorn like they everyone's just on edge right from the beginning so it's just a weird uh it's weird to see these characters in this sort of this level i mean uh you know and and in fact they need ripley they need ripley to sort things out basically yeah i mean who does figure this out i can't even remember it's not it's mostly well on well on is one that like helps to kind of piece things together and help to work with the rest of the crew to formulate the strategy to trap the gorn right because she knows like oh they're gonna fight for dominance like we should take advantage of that because she has that experience so right right, she's basically ripley in the situation and she's the one with the like we need to kill them, you know? So she's the one that kind of, it, as as level-headed as she can be, is the one that's like, we need to, we need to fuck them over, you know? So yeah, she, yeah. she's kind of taking that hardcore role that Ripley does. Yes, yeah, that's true, yeah. Because, you know, Spock isn't really doing anything. Hammer is down in engineering, trying to fix things, I guess. Um, oh yeah, and then cons were down. So cons were down, but I'm like, why don't you use communicators? I, that was confusing because things were happening on the ship. Comms weren't available, and they didn't really start to communicate and be like, "Hey, everyone, get to sick bay. Watch your watch your back." Until they were able to restore power, but I'm like, they have communicators. I'm not sure why. Hmm. You know, there were some like logistical things with this episode, which. I feel happens with horror movies or horror episodes where it's like dumb things are being done so that, you know, we can have the situation. Yeah. 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 I I was, yeah, I was kind of curious about that too. A little bit. I didn't, I I forgot about the communicators, but I just figured it was a whole planet, planet blackout or whatever, or yeah, but it, but yeah, our cell phones aren't, well, I mean, our cell phones wouldn't work. Yeah, but I feel they would act like walkie-talkies, like the communicators. Oh, they could. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would assume so. That's yeah. They can't. They can't uh, talk to the Enterprise because of the atmosphere. But I feel locally, they should be able to talk to each other. I don't know. Yeah, there should be something. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the 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 chase scene and how they set everything up, and you know, Mabenga and Pike go to the bridge to kind of monitor everything from Uh there um that all happens and and somewhere along the line i forget is it when hammer and and everyone are coming back to sick bay that he gets squirted or yeah is it he yeah he and ahora about to just leave engineering and congregate in sick bay but then one of the gorn babies at that point is like grown 10 times and it you know it sprays him yeah so, you know, which we think is just like acid. We 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 sort of just don't think anything of it, really. Yeah, he was like, it burns, but it's, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's really, you know, so we do sort of learn something eventually about uh, how they reproduce by the end of this. But sure. um, yeah, it's, you know, so and, you know, I think I think the goodbye scene, like after they finish off the Gorn, which I loved Lon lawn getting out of her cube there whatever she was in and like beating the crap out of the frozen mm-hmm. corn like that was amazing and then to couple that with hammer saying 
no, we can't. And he somehow locks out the doors. Um, so they can't stop. Yeah, him. I think he either locked the doors. I couldn't, I didn't read the message on the screen that Pike was looking at. I think it was either there was a malfunction to the cargo bay or like I think he was locked, locked out. I think he locked them out so that no one could stop him. So but do you think obviously- that Laon knew that Hemmer? This was unclear to me. If Laon seems to know that this is how the Gorn reproduce. So mm-hmm. she knew that Hemmer was going to that this was going to happen to Hemmer? I don't know that she knew. She may have suspected. And then, you know, it could have been uh, just Maybe a she deduced of, by the end or something. Yeah, by the end of how all this, yeah, how this all happened. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, she's slowly unpacking her trauma, right? It's not mm-hmm. something, you know, she's only remembering this piecemeal and may never have seen how they reproduce or it's locked away so far away. In but her she mind. knows things like whole like, oh, they're going to fight to be the alpha. Like she knew a lot of these Details. Yeah, she she knew the post birth, um, what would happen, uh, which is interesting. So, again, being on the planet and seeing that, so do all you know? How do the go- like so you know when you have it doesn't make any sense because like, do like, they mate? Like I'm because these babies are the ones that are spraying. So I'm like, wait, did I don't understand at what point? Because at least in aliens, there's a very specific cycle. Like right, they, right. they've established the whole queen cycle and the eggs and the face huggers. Like it's a very complex cycle, actually. But the Gorn, I'm not quite sure because yeah, the, literally the babies. It's been like 20 minutes since the babies busted out of Buckley and Hammer got sprayed. Like at what point did they mate and whatnot? That that part's a little bit fuzzy. Yeah, me. we don't know how long. That's the other thing about this whole episode. We don't know how long this is all taking. You know, that's but it hasn't been is... like days. It's been maybe like an hour. No, like I, you know, on screen time it's like twenty minutes or something. But yeah, maybe it's a couple hours max. Yeah, maybe. you know, I think it's hours more than like minutes. But yeah, you know, so it's just you know, I have some thoughts and questions about that, but I don't think we're gonna get the answer to that. We're ne- we didn't get the answer to that. But oh, and um, then like Lon is like, if there's an adult, there's no way we are gonna be able to handle it. And I'm like, but what about Arena? <laughs> like Kirk. There was this really slow moving Gorn. It was like one on one. There's like, if this is how the Gorn actually are, there's like no way that Kirk could have beaten the Gorn in that. Yeah, episode. I feel like they sort of already retconned that a little bit with Enterprise, right? Didn't they have the Gorn on the Enterprise at some well, point? Well, they, so on Enterprise, um, well, so Mirror Archer was able to beat it. Like he had some help because they were able to, he, he had um, them increased gravity so the Gorn mm. wasn't able to get up and he was able to kill the Gorn but he was still able to kind of more or less hold his ground until that point okay so I just like I was like if the babies are so fast that they can barely handle like the babies I don't know how they would how Kirk could have possibly handled like an adult well doesn't you know make sense. It doesn't really yeah make but sense. it's yeah I mean yeah anyway you know, I'm not going to get lost in the the rabbit hole of trying to understand, you know, understand TOS from the 50, 50 plus years later um, and how things have changed. So, yeah, I mean, so the I thought it was a touching. I thought it was a very kind, you know, I, I thought Hammer had a nice farewell scene. Yeah, that was good. That's good. You know, and I, you know, it was effective. I just yeah, wish I, like I. I just wish we got 
more of Hammer up to this point because yeah, so I don't know yeah. that much about him. Yeah, we didn't see him in all the episodes of the season, so yes, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it definitely. You know, it, this was no Arium issue, fortunately, but it, it you know, it is a, uh, it is an issue with uh, not knowing and wanting more from a character and not being able to get it. So right, uh, we um, haven't talked about Spock that much because he has a little bit of a character arc here as well as Chapel, and I don't feel they're letting go of this Spock Chapel tension, which we had mentioned oh we were hoping that they could move on but i don't feel we're moving on yeah i mean uh, yeah i i I agree like i don't feel like we're moving on but it it seemed like obviously spock released a part of his emotions in order to survive which would make a lot of sense uh in that sort of situation so there's that and then you know i think that the only person that could console him or could talk to him about what's going on with him is chapel um i mean they do have an existing friendship prior to the whole kiss and and whatnot so there is that piece of it he has gone to her for advice before several times now so it is you know i think it's i think it's appropriate because they you know and again this is a traumatic situation that happened and you know trauma brings people together um fortunately or unfortunately and um, yeah it's just that they had that moment where they hugged yes. and they looked at each other. I'm like, oh my God, are they going to kiss? Like, what's happening? Um, it, it, you know, I feel we're being being teased continuously a little bit in terms of how far they're going to take it. And, yeah, yeah. Know, I think there was some teasing. but This was very think... emotional. It was, very, it was an emotional moment. I, think, I thought it was effective. I thought it worked really well yeah. given the, the headspace that Spock was in. But... They were so their faces were very close to each other. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah, so. yeah, I think I, I think personally that was just the release of the emotions and what's going on with Spock and you know his loss of control is but playing his loss into of that. control with anger could also bubble over into his other emotions, right? That's no, thing. I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I see that as a, like, so, as a problem, like his loss of emotion is, is sort of that, that issue. Catalyst. Like the catalyst. Thank you. So, yeah, I, you know, but uh, I mean, that's sort of the end of it for the season. So for now, we, we'll, yes, for we'll now. see, we'll, 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 we'll see get more. Happens. I'm sure we'll get edge a little bit more in season two. Well, but... you know, I hope, I hope that we are, I hope that we get more from the other characters that we don't know much about. Like, yeah, I need more of Ortega's yes. more um, of Erica, please. Yes. And obviously we're going to have a new, um, new engineer. engineer. Uh, it's, you know, we're going to have a, potentially a part you know spock is either going to step up and be number one or we're going to have a new number one for part of the season um so this is going to be interesting and um so yeah it's uh it's quite a quite a lot of change and quite a lot of uh you know this felt like a season finale in a lot of ways it did yeah because it's oftentimes in these season finales where people disperse a little bit yes you know, they go on some different paths and it's like, yep. oh my God, are they going to come back together? And they usually do. Yeah. But it did. I feel mean, hard. I feel like they could have tacked on the Una piece onto this episode and, you know, 
that would have been it. And like, you could have had this movie length special episode, a quality of, of mercy, which um, I think we should get into, but uh, you know, I, I, I think that the only piece of that, the, yeah, the puzzle from one Oh nine being the finale is the fact that Una also gets taken away. So, which is the end of episode 10. So, right. 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 Um, yeah, I was, I, man, I was shocked, but yeah, I'm sh- I'm still shook by like how that all got out. Like, how did that get out? But anyway, um, what, how, what get out? What? How did how did Una's information get out? Oh, I'm sure we'll learn more in yeah. season two. So, um, I'm hoping it's not from Lon, because uh, she's really. No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. You know, like being They're friends. I don't think so. Yes, they, yeah, they are friends, but you know that you know Lon, Lon can be very legalistic and. She felt betrayed by Una not sharing this knowledge with her previously. So mm, I, I think there's a potential for that possibly to be part of that. But anyway, um, anything else about 109 you think we should talk about? I think about? that a lot of people knew, though. I mean, Laon, Pike, Chapel, Mabenga, and who knows was in, oh, right. who else was in Sick Bay when you know, yeah. she was yeah. talking about it. Right. Um, so... I could see yeah. what you mean about Lon, though, because they did have like a moment in that episode, but the Leary episode, but um, which makes I me think, think that so. Lon might go to the Farragut to end with Kirk, go and like rescue Una, like, and that might be that whole like piece of that possibly, because because <laughs> um, they, you know, the the speculation is that they were outside of the. Nunian Sung Institute or something like this on wherever they were. What? What are you talking about? So the the set reports when they told us about Kirk being in the show mm-hmm. were that Kirk and Lon were on some planet and some street and down the street from them was like the Nunian Sing Institute. What? Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard about this. Yeah. Oh, so um, maybe that's where Una is being kept and they are going to rescue her. So but I do um, have to say, like the Federation, and we get a little bit of this. I don't really get the whole penal colony situation because Tom Paris was also, I think he was being sent mm-hmm. to a penal colony. I'm like, why is a why are penal colonies still a thing in the Federation and start that that's very odd to me and i'm thinking penal colony as in it's like literally you're like laboring you're 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 a laborer and you're stuck i mean you know, i'm thinking rural pente because that's like you know probably the most popular penal colony in star trek history but i'm like why does the federation use penal colonies that seems just like so backwards mm-hmm. is mean, that the best way to like punish federation citizens for violating whatever like does it seem so backwards and old-fashioned i don't know i mean it's you know there there is the need for prisoning people but, who have a, broken but a prison prison is one thing a penal colony it's like i think i'm thinking like physical labor <laughs> you know like there's like you're being punished actively it's not just like oh you have the opportunity to you know reintegrate into society because most prisons supposedly there's like a you know the, sure, the sure. hope is that you you can right, right? but like penal calling like you're stuck there and you're like cutting rocks i don't know 
So I don't know. Um, we'll we'll, we'll find out more about it uh, next season, which they, that is actually the only bit of news that we did have this week was that season two wrapped production. So we did have that um, happen last week. So Um, Uh, cool. All right. Well, anything else about all those who wander before we get into the season finale? No, let's talk about this season finale. Let us talk about, let us talk about Pike in red and a red admiral's uniform from the movie franchise, please. Cool. Sorry. It's just this room brings back a lot of memories. Is this some kind of joke? How am I supposed to believe that I'm really you? You ever gonna let me get a word in edgewise? I knew you were gonna say that. Does that help? I've been doing this long enough that I'm not just gonna take the word of somebody who shows up in my cabin and says he's future me. Mm -hmm. Your first pony was named Sir Nasalot. He broke his leg in a rainstorm. Your parents had to put him down and you cried for a week. You ever tell anybody that? It's hard when your tragic backstory starts with my silly name. Sorry. Look, I'm here because that letter you're about to write is going to wreck the future. How? Why? Two cadets die in that accident seven years from now. Maat is one of them. You're trying to figure out how to save the cadets and yourself. And you do. We do. You write to all of them, tell them not to be there that day. But like so much of this time-bending stuff, there are uh, unforeseen consequences. Well, how bad can it be if I figure out a way to save all the cadets and myself? Hell, isn't you standing here evidence that I pull it off? Yes. And that's the problem. Causality is complex. The letter is just the first domino to fall in a chain reaction of events that leads to catastrophic results. It alters the future in ways that we never intended to change. You sound like one of those Klingon monks from Borath. Who do you think sent me? They gave me something to show you. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the season finale of Strange New Worlds, A Quality of Mercy. What are... What did you think about this episode when you first watched it? And I know you've only watched it once. I've watched. I've it only twice. watched it once. And you watched it before. I, I was watching Severance at the time. Yes, so we got were, the screeners uh, and you yes. were like, Jonathan, watch it. I was like, okay, I will. I will. Don't worry. I will. Yes, and yes. I loved this finale. It was so good. And it was also nice because we went into it not knowing anything. They've they have released trailers for this already. And if you're astute enough, you don't even need to be that astute, but you can watch a trailer that, oh, it's, there's a lot of references to Balance of Terror. So, you know, we went into it. Not oh, yeah, anything. you're right. That's actually so I was I'm thinking of Aaron of Mercy, which is not not. Yes, it's Balance of Terror is. My, oh, OK. I was yes, like, yes, yes. This is the the retelling of Balance of Terror. Balance of Terror. Yeah. So we went to it not knowing anything zero right yeah so no nothing i was like what i was just like this is crazy and we did not expect one thing that they have not spoiled is that this is where we get kirk and i was like what because obviously in all the pr they said that 
what's his face? Paul Wesley. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second. That Paul Wesley would be joining in season two as Kirk. So that was what I was expecting. Yep. I did not expect to get Paul Wesley as James Kirk in this episode. No, so they that did a was, great job of keeping this a secret. That uh, was like to, to them. Total, uh, total shock. And then yes. the way that they just framed this episode around balance of terror and the time travel, you know, time travel stories, you can argue the significance of them and like ultimately how much impact it has, but from a character point of view um, and also how this really ties the season together in terms of Pike's journey, in terms of grappling with his future. I think that it really wrapped the, wrapped the season up well because we get a resolution, we get further resolution to that journey of his where he has not only accepted, but he's embracing his future and his fate. And I just think that it was just a really, really, really well done episode. I, I, there are like minor qualms about it, but like I think overall it was just a very, very strong season one ender. And yeah, I was just, you know, I, yeah, I was just like very surprised and taken aback by how well done it was, the surprises we got. And it was great. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. This was an awesome episode. Um, I loved it the second time watching it through again. It's, uh, you know, it's, again, the, the focus of this episode is Pike. I right, mean, it's, right, right. It's, it, it, it bookends the opening, it, it bookends the season premiere mm-hmm. very nicely. Right. Yes. And his journey, uh, because I think it's the end of the season premiere that he's looking through the federation records and looking at all these people and mm-hmm. this one this episode brings that right back around yes and you know it's interesting that i think una you know una is sort of the one that prompts him like oh you can still rewrite your mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. i think deep down inside he has known that he couldn't um and you know he was very specifically told that he couldn't like this this is fate but then um, it's interesting because this episode posits that he could, if he really wanted to, it would just have ramifications. And yes. fate kind of has, it, it kind of pers- you know, personifies fate in a way where it's like, if you do this, it will have this impact on the people around you and millions are going to die, you know, and you, in order for there to be a peaceful future, you need to embrace your fate. So... I feel there is still it's it's the it's a constant um, question about fate versus free will, right? Like I think that's always like that's that's what this episode is trying to kind of put out there because we kind of get the idea that there is free will involved, that he can he could change his future. It just would have these issues, you know, the issues would come out of it. Yeah, and I think it's not even so. Initially, you're kind of told it affects millions of people. Pike from the future, Admiral Pike, does not tell captain pike that the 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 one piece of information that he could have um could have not necessarily stopped this whole journey because i think we still i still think captain pike needed to go through this journey but the fact that it impacts spock is the critical like it's not about the millions who die it's literally 
the decision, the tipping point for Pike, for Captain yeah. Pike, sure. is that it, that his fate is passed on to Spock. Right. And um, it's clear from Admiral Pike that that Spock has a few or had a future and will have a future that greatly impacts the galaxy at large. Mm-hmm. Um, a much greater fate than a greater promise or whatever it is than Pike himself has. So I think, I think the tipping point for this, the beginning of this episode really is that he meets the one kid who's going yeah, to die. Uh-huh. One of the, yeah. one of the two kids who are going to die. Who don't make it. Who don't right. make it. So um, I think there's that. I think it's less about his own fate and the fact that he's trying to sit, he's meeting someone who, technically dies in in his future and so sure yeah yeah that's sort of the tipping point for the episode i think that it's interesting that admiral kirk uh, admiral kirk admiral pike brings a time crystal from bora uh that the the klingon sent him which is very interesting so there must have been some you know in this alternate timeline there must be some sort of threat to borath from the romulans that makes this mm. imperative enough for borath the Bora- mm. borathian klingons to send admiral pike back right. in time to uh-huh. his younger self so i think that that's a fascinating piece of this episode um I, I love how we once he touches the crystal, we jump to the wedding of these two crewmen. And we're what? instantly like once you get there and once you put it, once you piece I it did rewatch Balance of Terror, by the way. And what? it's funny that yes. yes, it starts with this wedding. Yes. So once you jump there, you know where you are and what's happening here. And I didn't so remember the wedding from the episode because oh, it's been, uh, it's very, it's been ages, ages since yeah, I've seen Balance no. of Terror. No, when the oh. minute I saw that and put together who was being married and all of that, I was like, I know this is this is it. Like this is Pike says the captain of the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Kirk is not the captain of the Enterprise. This is where things go off the rails. And mm-hmm. um so it's just really interesting uh that um that this is where it starts. One of my favorite parts of this episode is one of the, my favorite pieces of this episode is the lighting is so well done in this episode. And if you it is yes if you pay attention like it mimics uh balance of terror so well okay i need to rewatch that episode yeah you need to pay attention to the lighting on the balance of terror episode well i remember the i remember the lighting balance of terror because i just rewatched it and there's a lot of like there's a light there's a lot of light shining on the eye area yes yes which they yes so or distracting i was like yeah 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 yeah. but it's such a homage to balance of terror that's great so great um, um, I did notice that we do not get Lieutenant Styles, but Erica basically takes, takes his out. place. Yep, he does. Where yeah. he, he, I mean, in the in Bounds of Terror, I mean, Erica isn't as um, racist towards Spock as Styles is. Like, that was one thing that was really annoying about Styles, where he kept on going after Spock. I was like, all right, I get it, I get it. You don't trust him. I get it. I uh, know, but I feel like I thought Erica did a great job with that. I, but I, you know, Erica was just very aggressive. Yeah, similar to how Styles was in terms yes. of we need to blow them out of the sky. Yeah, you know, revenge. Yep. Um, yep. which was Styles's whole shtick. Like he was yep. really, he was probably the most aggressive person on the bridge, 
in terms of how they should be going after. Well, the and Styles has a history, a family history right. with the Romulan War, so that's yes. sort of missing from this episode, and right. um, in that way. But yeah, I, I think Erica takes up the 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 torch for that pretty yes. well. Yes. Um, hey, so, she's basically sitting where he. Yes. Was. Yeah. So yeah, she she's suddenly at the navigation. Yeah, they they switch their yeah because yeah they, they switch, switch. So yeah, it's very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Um, and then you get the you get Spock calling down to the captain number one to Captain Pike, and it's Spock's voice, and you're like, "Whoa!" Like, but I do have a question because when I watched this episode, I felt that there was something very off about the relationships. Obviously, it's been seven years, but there was this, this more. I don't know what it was. It was just like there was like tension between Spock and Pike. There was tension between Erica and Pike. Like there was just something off about the relationships. I couldn't really put a finger on where it just felt very stiff. And as if there was some, and it never revealed any sort of, you know, falling out or anything like that. But I just felt that it was something was different about the relationship. Yeah, I, don't know if you felt I think, that. yeah, I was aware. I did see that and I sort of, mimic that to the Spock in seven years Kirk Spock for lack of a better word is a different Spock like he's a Spock who's been through the whole to bring Stan you know thing on on the planet so who knows how that has infected you know affected him it you know he's he could have gone through partial colon R you know he's very much not he's very serious he's a very serious Spock mm-hmm. um so there's that. I think that Erica sort of inhabits the Styles character and the traits. Um, also, she it would seem like she may have been demoted from from uh, pilot to navigator. I don't know. Um, you know, so there could be that. I don't know. I'm, I'm Wait, is that the, is that console? Isn't well, that's Helms, navigation. Is that is it? Yeah. <laughs> So the, right side, on, so the right side, isn't the right side weapons? Sorry, I don't know the It is. It, I mean, it is It is weapons, but it's also like navigation. I mean, you know, if you think about the, um, if you think about the JJJ, uh, JJJ, 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 JJ Abrams, you know, or if you think about um, even, uh, is it Star Trek Six? where the stations are labeled navigation is always on the right side. So it's navigator on the right pilot on the left or is that helm demotion, on the left. Though? I don't know. I don't, is that I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm again, I'm suppositioning that, you know, there's been some, like she's done. In a, Erica felt different. Yes. Like she felt different and her relationship with Pike felt different. I kind of want to know more, but we're, I don't know. We're going to get it. You know, we're no, we're that. not going to get it. No, you know, I was hoping I we would get just, a little bit of that. But. I think they just applied a lot of the style mentality yeah, to yeah. her character. Um, although yeah, been... there was one point where they were literally like going at each other on the bridge because Erica was being aggressive and Pike was like, stand down. Like and he was very, very stern, more stern than usual. And I thought, whoa, there's like a lot of tension. Well, that same them. scene in uh, Balance of Terror, I think he relieves Styles of Kirk relieves Styles from his post, sends him and confines him to his quarters. Uh, so, does he? I don't recall that. I, he did go to the phaser room to help out because they were having issues. after he was after he was dismissed from his um, 
His post? Oh. His post, yeah. I, I fell asleep during Balance of Terror with watching. Yeah. It's a little slow. It's it's like there's a lot of one it's, of a, my... it's a cat and mouse. It's very cat and mousey. It is, but, yes. um it's it's, it, it it's one drives. of my favorite episodes. No, I mean I I I have to go back and watch it. I'll you see mean, it. I mean the pacing of TOS, the storytelling is just very different from what we get now. Oh, sure, of course. Yeah. So yeah. I was just like watching and I literally did fall asleep at some point. So I did miss a couple of things. Um it's yeah. no mm-hmm. for TOS is a very good episode, but it's still, I mean, there are certain points where it drags on a little bit. They kind of drag on the cat and mouse game probably a little too long, in my opinion. But mm. again, storytelling in the 60s was very different. Yes, absolutely. So, so yeah, so I think that that's what that that's about. Like that, you miss that scene where he's, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's relieved from his post. Post, yes. Not confined so. to quarters necessarily. But uh, I mean, he's sent to his quarters, but he doesn't, he's not escorted by security if I'm remembering it correctly and oh um, i remember that on his way to his quarters and he hears the call to phaser room and then that's how he like no one's responding i don't remember i don't remember i was asleep asleep. yes clearly um that's what i remember and i have not watched it probably in a couple of years um although maybe i watched it during the pandemic at some point i I probably did um i don't know i can't help you in any so case, anyway, yes. so yeah, so the lighting is amazing throughout this episode. It's very different. You can tell that this is a very different time. I mean, it it definitely contributes to the ambiance of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music, the music was yeah, total the music callback. is yeah, a lot of callback to the music as well. I mean, it's just uh, it it really is it. it this is so well written and so well rewritten. Per we se. haven't talked about that much about Jim Clark yet. No, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still actually before we were recording, uh, I was sort of thinking about that this afternoon a little bit, and I was like, I'm still not there with him being Jim Kirk. I'm just, you know, Paul like Wesley. I, yeah, I'm just I not see. there. I'm, I'm just not there yet. You know, um. I, I was totally on board with Chris Pine in the movies, um, but I'm just not there yet. And I, well, Chris, I, Pine, and I, Chris l- Pine is that he played a different Jim Kirk, you know, like one that lost his dad. He yeah, didn't have yeah. to necessarily emulate William Shatner's Jim Kirk because yeah. he was much more of a rebel versus Jim yeah. Kirk in the prime timeline is much more of he's like a He's he's an overachiever. He's a bookworm. He yeah, yeah. he is he is willing to bend the rules, but it's also very respectful of like how things are supposed to be done. He has a bit of that cowboy diplomacy, whatever. But yeah, you know, he's he's more of an he's he's an overachiever, you know, and he he's like a very young captain or whatever, whatever. So yeah, I would say he's a very inexperienced young captain in this episode, and uh, you know, I I didn't I didn't appreciate him bursting into Pike's quarters and like calling him on like hesitating for a second. I'm like, really? Like that's a little bit brash. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. is Kirk, but that's brash. Right. Um, yes. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just not there yet. It doesn't mean that, you know, I won't get there. I mean, it's clear that we're going to see him in season two as well. So, um, you know, I, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm just not there yet. So it's a little bit, it didn't bother much. me. It didn't. It it didn't bother it didn't, me that I, much. I was just. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. I just. 
I was more just taken aback that we even saw him. That he was even. Yeah, I was definitely shocked by the reveal that he was in this episode. I just am not quite there. Like it's like taking that picture that used to the promotional picture, and like putting that into real life. Like seeing him in a promotional spot versus mm-hmm. uh, seeing him act and play the part is a sure. very different situation. And so I'm just you know I'm you know I'm sure I'll get there. I I I. Uh, I had a crush on Paul Wesley, so it's not like I'm not fond of him as an actor. So uh, as a, a good looking guy, you know, so um, I'm just not there yet that he's Kirk, but I'm sure I'll get there because it's clear that we're going to see him again. Yes, um, but as a lieutenant on the ferry. Yes. So. Um, so anyway, yeah, so there's that piece of it. Um, you know, Pike's trying to piece all of this together as he's kind of going along, but he does have a very distinct leadership style. And I feel like he stays pretty consistent with that throughout. Like how, you know, despite yes. these new circumstances, he, yes. he very much, but the, I think the problem here is that he's playing, he's playing his seven year younger self. And I, I think that those seven years may have, you know, had he, you know, I obviously that it all happened as it happened because admiral pike came back but you know whether what he saw played out as it did for admiral pike is still for me a question because i mean the ultimate outcome is the same but i i think that for me you know having a seven year younger pike playing in that role in that in that timeline doesn't necessarily take into account all the things that have happened in those seven years like uh-huh. Which may explain how like Spock and Erica interact with him very differently than what we're sure, you know, and he he's, you know, he's not that person yet. So it's just, you know, that sort of thing. But, right. you know, he does have his very distinct. He wants to. He's a very thoughtful commander. You know, he is a very, mm-hmm. you know, methodical, not cautious, but just very um, he's aware that his his actions have consequences mm-hmm. uh, and he, he takes it step by step by step. And I think that that's a very you know impressive way to be a leader. Sure. But I think in this case, you, you know, you needed something as we saw in balance of terror, you needed something a little bit, you needed sort of a different take on it, you know? Yeah. Like I, a, well, I think that's the thing because you were saying that, you know, Jim Kirk as a young captain in this, in where we would be in this point of history, he's more brash. He's willing to, the thing about Pike, and I think what the, what the, the balance of, you know, the decision is Pike is going to opt to make peace versus Kirk, who is like, okay, like he took Spock's recommendation, which is like, no, we need to be aggressive actually. Yeah. Which is normally for a star, like a Starfleet captain, would not be their go-to route. But they, they, you know, most Starfleet captains that we know and love, they probably would try to take the diplomatic peace route. But in this case, we needed Kirk to make that call to be like, okay, no, we will actually attack them and get to get them before they reach neutral zone. So right, yeah, I think in this case, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, Kirk, like Pike totally stuck with his his MO. Like he, you know, what he would usually do. I see what you're saying, but even within seven years, I would think that he's still 
in the mindset that peace is possible. Yeah. Where, yeah which is where Truja's character. But the thing is, you know, I think that's the thing. In this situation, they needed a different call to be made. Yeah. Yep. No, I, yeah. Agree with all of that. So um, I did enjoy seeing, we mentioned it before, I did enjoy seeing the the feature version of Lon. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, that was nice. Um, and then we get the whole mystery drop that basically Una has been in the penal colony for seven years and no one has yeah. had contact with her. Right, yes. I am confused about the timing of the incident in which you know, shit goes down with Pike because I feel at the beginning of the season, it was like 10 years. And then in this episode, we're like, it's seven years in the future. I'm like, wait, where the, I thought it was 10 years. So the timing was a, I'm also not sure what year it is right now. And I'm not sure what year the incident happens, but I swear we're talking about it being a decade in the future. And now it's been shortened to seven years in the future. I don't know if you caught that. I did. Um, I think that a decade was always just like a general term. And yes. seven years know, and 10 years seems very different when you're talking about like, the I, end, I don't, I don't the disagree. Quote, quote, end of your life, but yeah, you know, I, don't disagree. I don't disagree, but I think, um, yeah, I think that, I think it was always seven years. I think it was definitely, I think that they had mentioned 10 years and I think they kind of stuck with that a little bit, but in reality, yeah, they the mentioned timeline, it a few times. Yeah, yeah, no, but I think, and in I was reality, like, "What? I thought we had more time." No. Yeah, no, I think so. no. It always was, uh, always was like a. Uh, it was definitely less than ten years. Yeah, I mean, it's just, seven years just seems like much shorter now. I'm like, shit, seven years. Yeah, I Whatever. mean, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it could be close to eight years, and then it's minus six months because Spock said, "I think that that accident happened six months ago, and no one was hurt because no one was there, or whatnot." So, oh, right. Oh my god. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah. So it is, you know, I, honestly, though, you know, the way that the show is done, it could be episodic for ten years, and you know, still not get to that time you know 10 10 years our time could only you know and only be done in seven years their time you know so i don't know you know what i mean like we could we could get 10 more years of strange new worlds with pike sure because time is relative they can do whatever yeah yeah, yes right so Um, anyway so yes i i'm trying to think what else about this episode um the blowing up of apples four is that apples four was Mm -hmm. a little great but I thought that the battle between the Romulan Warbird and the Farragut and the Enterprise didn't look as great. It looked a little cartoony to me, but I don't know if you noticed that. The Farragut didn't look that great, actually, to me. Like, it, 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 I don't think it was, like, rendered very well. And it was a little distracting, but overall, thought it was fine. <laughs> yeah, so a couple of things about that. So the Farragut, unless this is a different Farragut, so the, the Farragut in the original series... Uh-huh. it looks like a constitution class starship so they never made a difference they they never made a different oh it looks like a constitution Fer- class yeah from what was I a constitution remember. class no i i don't know i mean i think everything uh, i don't know i'm not sure i can't remember but then you know it was never described because this one looked more like a reliant class it did look like reliant or miranda like reliant, class yeah. uh, miranda class i was thinking of miranda but they're yeah. similar yeah um so their secondary so, yeah so um so the curve on the curve that attaches to the nacelles seems a little weird but you know whatever i mean yes uh but the battle the battle was i would say um 
Yeah, so you know, it was I don't the know, comet perhaps. was cool. I like the comet, and that was um, perfect. Like we get that in Balance of Terror mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I yeah. Um, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought the battle was a little janky. I'll say that it looked a little janky, right? It, it, it was like but I don't it looked think janky it, to me. Yeah, I think I think just the way that it was. I don't know if it's rendering or whatever part of this it was. It was just very. Um, the speeds didn't match. You know what I mean? Like suddenly, like the way that the way that the Romulans attacked the Enterprise with their plasma weapon, and then suddenly it was like zooming around like an X-wing fighter almost. Um, but was... also the plasma weapon, it goes in a straight line. I don't understand why they don't just because that's also in Balance of Terror. I know that as well. They're like trying to run away from it. I'm like. Can you like at least go left or something? Because it doesn't it doesn't look its homing. So it in just... Balance of Terror, it gets much bigger than we saw on screen in this episode. Like it's all it, like well, I mean, you never really see it on the outside, I guess. But you, we only you see on the see view it, screen. You see it on the view screen. It looks like it takes over the entire view screen. So I imagine this super huge thing as it grows. So I think. But other... I mean, in this episode, we get it's like the width of it's probably at max the width of the Wamil Warbird. Yeah, yeah. Which no. you can still, if you turn left, you can avoid it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, don't know. And I also but, asked you this question. I was like, if this weapon is so effective, I don't know why they ever abandoned it. I know it takes a lot of energy, but yeah, I think it it's just, super effective. I'm like, it can basically blow up a state like a space station in two shots. Like, why don't they use it more often? Once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so in Balance explained. of Terror, in Balance of Terror, it was the only ship that had it. Was it? Yeah, it was almost like a prototype that on that starship, I think, on that Romulan vessel. Oh, well, it wasn't something that was um, like spread throughout the fleet. Like everyone, not every Romulan ship had that weapon. So, from what I remember. I don't. Maybe I'm making you need to rewatch. I don't remember that being mentioned, but I also don't remember. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, yeah. I missed thing, missed key moments of that episode upon rewatch. Well, the so the plasma weapon does destroy the Farragut, and that's that's actually a nice shot because you do see that the like the yeah half the saucer's that, gone. Yeah, yeah, it takes a huge chunk out of the Farragut, so that's a nice that was a nice effect. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, you know, yeah, that the. Yeah, it's just it's just weird that the the way that the the Romulan holds still and then it like fires the plasma weapon, but then it like the next shot is like it flying around like super fast and like exchanging phaser fire with the Enterprise. And so it just seemed very disjointed. Like, oh, you have two speed. Like, it just seemed like very different. I need to rewatch that scene. I did like the the. The standoff between the Federation ships, I guess, the mining ships and the Rhyme mm-hmm. ships. I thought that was nice. I thought that that piece was done well. And the, oh, and one of the things I do, we haven't even talked about there's so much to this episode, honestly. We, we get a lot with, similar to Balance of Terror, we also get a lot with the Rhyme crew and mm. the, the captain on the Rhyme end of things. Uh, but very similar to Balance of Terror, I liked how we get their perspective and how things kind of work on their end. And there's a little bit of that backstabbing. 
I also liked how, I don't remember the name of the captain on the Remlin ship, but that similar to the captain in Bounce of Terror, that he wouldn't mind if there was peace and right. he would actually offer it, but that sentiment isn't necessarily shared with his crew. So yeah, I thought that was, that was nice. That was nice to have, again, very similar to that episode, both perspectives and what's going on. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that was really, yeah, that was nice to see that perspective. There's a lot more, I feel, in Balance of Terror versus this one. This is a very Pike-centric episode, not a, like, it's almost like it's very Pike-centric, but then it's, it's uh, the Balance of Terror episode is very, like, Kirk versus the Romulan captain, mm-hmm. um, who is actually, who's actually Mark Leonard, who plays Sarek eventually. Yes, yes, that I um, um, So that's always cool, too. Um, so yeah, you know, there, there is that piece of, of that Romulan commander wanting peace. And did he for... say the same, because I'm also complaining Balance of Terror this episode now, does he also say to Pike at the end, if in another time we could be friends? I don't know if he says in the friends piece, but maybe something similar to that, some sort okay, of similar... I... I need yeah, to as, watch as he's as he's as he's about to be destroyed what's happening right. you know he does say something it's similar to what he says at the end of balance of terror but i don't think it's exactly the same thing to be honest okay okay got it so yeah anyway um, a lot of great callbacks a lot of great moments i loved it like yeah. it was just like overall they took some really big swings with this episode and again time travel it's like at the end of the day, how much lost them against Shore, but some of these time travel episodes are great. Like, you know, it's it's great. Yep. So yep, whatever. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's a good place to end our discussion of uh, equality of mercy. You're like, what's the name of this episode again? Uh, I remembered it. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about this again in the future because it's just such a great episode. And I think it'll have yes. a lot of callbacks that we'll see um, next season. Obviously, we mm-hmm. have the whole question about Una and, uh, and La'an. And, and, La'an um, and who the new chief yes. engineer is going to be. And Oh, yeah, we didn't mention it. We got whatever. A- what happens to her? How does she get back to the Enterprise? Uh, so there's a lot of. And but we didn't new- mention the, the Scotty sound of like whatever. Oh, yeah. Just for that one scene where Spock is in the, in the um, Jeffrey's tube. Jeffrey's tube trying to fix it. Yeah, you get that. I mean, it's seven years later, so I mean, so, Scotty yeah. By that time, is, yes, so Scotty, Scotty is the yeah. is the engineering engineer. So but I thought that was great. Another unexpected, yeah, cameo, little, yeah, kind of cameo, but not really. I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if uh, Jimmy Doohan's son didn't do that. The one who does Star Trek continues. Does um, he sound like his dad? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, similar, yeah. Really? I mean, oh my god, yeah. that's funny. That'd be cool. I, you know, I, I can imagine that 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 was probably the case, and they probably did get him. But who knows? Well, speaking of, we do need a new chief engineer as well, which we did. We do. I think earlier. it's too early for Scotty. Uh, so I'm hoping we have something, uh, you know, another alien to replace. If we if we get James Kirk, I don't know if it's too early for Scotty. I don't know because well, yeah, I don't think yeah. it was ever established when Scotty actually came on board. The true, Enterprise. true, true. Yeah, but I, you know, what I feel like, you know, I think the one of the beauty, beautiful things about 
um, this first season was having another alien crew member mm-hmm. uh, as part of it, not just Spock, you know. Sure. So um, I'm hoping that we, you know, get some some inter- intermittent, not intermittent, intermediary uh, engineer who will mm-hmm. be with them for a little bit longer and maybe they develop this character a little bit more. Maybe even it's going to be um, what's the actor's name who played him? Um, who hammer? It's, yeah, who plays hammer? Another blind no, no, no. engineer. Bruce Her- Horak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Maybe not blind. He doesn't have to be blind, but he could be. You know, there could be something. You know, some alien that you know he could play that would be interesting. I don't know. I hope they bring Bruce mm-hmm. Horak back. I think he's a. You know, he's a, did a great job with Hammer um you know yeah sad so hopefully uh hopefully they bring him back for something else so cool well there we go all right Uh, well mike do you want to talk a little bit about our sponsor of course i do fansets is the premier provider of star trek and other sci-fi and fantasy related pin collectibles and they are the presenting sponsor of the Truck Geeks Podcast Network and Deep Space Pride. And just recently, uh, as of a few days ago, we have new pins for July 1st. And that they, that, uh, man, and that includes uh, Captain Giorgio, or sorry, Emperor Giorgio uh, from the Women in Trek series. Uh, we also have a mini Deep Space Nine Voyager Delta pin. And we have two more of the Prodigy crew, Jank and Pog and Rock Talk uh, pins that are released that you can get individually. So although as of today, July 4th, Rock Talk is sold out, which is not a surprise Whoa. at all. Uh, being that while we were at Mission Chicago, that was probably the most popular character on Prodigy from everyone 10 and under wait if no it, any not rock talk it was um murph. no it was murph was the most popular oh murph was the most rock talk was a close second yeah murph was um, very right. very was popular murph like, was K- very Kate popular. was like what's your favorite character murph, murph. what's your favorite yes. speaking character murph, murph. like it was like yes. okay got it we know yep. that like murph so the only way you can get Rock Talk right now is part of the Series 1, complete Series 1 pin collectibles. I'm sure they will we'll restock them, but uh, if you like Rock Talk, Rock Talk is also significantly larger than the other pins. So, that makes sense. Um, yeah, <laughs> clearly. So, um, But head on over to Fans. Let's put a bunch of pins into your cart. If you are in the United States and you put more than $30 in your cart, which is super easy. I mean, this this complete series one is on sale for $49.95. So if you buy that, you're, you're getting free shipping. But you can also get 10% off your order if you use the code TREKGEEKS, all one word, all caps, at checkout. And we want to thank Fansets for being the premier and presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and our tiny little podcast deep space pride thanks fan sets all right well we would also love to hear from all you listeners all three of you 
We'd love to get a review from you if you like our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And if you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us on email over email at dspacepride at gmail.com. You can also DM us on Twitter and Instagram. I said, what platforms are you on? Twitter and Instagram at dspacepride. Cool. There we go. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. It was, it's been an awesome season of Strange Your World. We're not going to do a season one recap because that's going to be too much, but an excellent first season. Really, I don't think there were like any big, like, oh, bad episode, you know? Like there were some episodes that were like not as strong, but honestly, overall, love the whole season. Yeah, fantastic first season. Uh, it's been, really it feels appreci- been a while since I've been able to say that. So, yes, I know. I I, I worry honest. about going on to other other Star Trek because we won't get the happy, happy uh, Johnson loving things. Happy Johnson, um, not Grumpy Johnson. Uh, so, uh, uh, uh. hey, I've said great so, things about the animated series. This is a live action series that I've basically had an issue with every season. But yes, you know, yes, whatever. Uh, cool. Anyway, this has been a great. Yeah, I agree. It's been a great season. the The cast is amazing. Cannot see what's in store for season two, uh, which just wrapped. So who knows when we'll see that? Hopefully, not too distant future. But we have no idea what new Star Trek is coming next. Yeah, uh, so we're just kind of in limbo here. Of course, we record this on July fourth. They will probably announce everything for the rest of this year tomorrow, July fifth. So. I know. Um, so you'll have to come back next week to our next episode where we talk about that maybe um, should they announce it on July 5th so anyway thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you back here next week bye everyone Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Coconut!